0: You're listening to the Benton Heights Presbyterian Church Podcast. We hope this message brings you encouragement and helps to build your faith in Jesus. We're glad you're here to listen to this message from Pastor Paul. So, we are in Daniel chapter 10, and here's what you need to know. That God in Daniel, written about 2,500 years ago, was revealing to him the great future that lay ahead for all of human history. And we are now living in the midst of what was revealed To Daniel. And you need to know this, that much of Daniel is quoted in, alluded to, uh, given help to understand through the book of Revelation. And in Revelation chapter 12, we read this, then war broke out in heaven. Now we have wars on earth, physical wars, spiritual wars, wars against viruses, But before all of that, there was a war in heaven. Michael, um, who you'll meet again in, in Daniel, and his angels fought against the dragon. Now that's Satan. And Satan and the demons are real. And they are seeking to do all they can to eradicate human life and bring death and destruction to those whom God intends to bring life and love. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. So there is a war, but he was defeated. The good news is God always defeats Satan. So he was not strong enough. Satan and the demons lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So the great war in heaven was won by the angels of God and then the enemy of God was cast down to earth. You need to know that that war is now here. This sets the backdrop to the book of Daniel. And once again, now in Daniel chapter 10, you're going to peer into the unseen realm. You will get human history and your part in it from God's perspective, God who knows and rules all of human history and all of the future. And so beginning in Daniel 10, you're going to see that Daniel is in a very complicated and intense situation. His life is at risk. The people are in danger. The temple, their version of the church, is closed. And it seems like evil and death are winning and God, and God is far away. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 opens this way. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel who was called Belshazzar. Now, that was his Babylonian name. That revelation, the message of it was true and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. So this is a revelation from God. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. He's grieving. I ate no choice food as appetite was gone. No meat or wine touched my lips and I used no lotions at all. Now some of you are thinking... Wow, what a pampered life. I use no lotions. (laughs) Instead, think spiritual act of anointing. That's what he means. So what he's saying is, I couldn't even make myself do my religious duties. Until three weeks were over. So he has literally isolated himself. He's got limited resources. For three weeks, he's been trying to understand what's happening, make sense of it for his soul. At this point, Daniel is feeling powerless. And you need to know that although many of God's children have been allowed to return to the homeland of Israel at this point, now that the Persians are in charge. Seventy years have gone by. They're allowed now to return back to Israel. However, Daniel remains in Babylon. It could be that he's too old to make the trip. He's now in his 80s. And remember, this is a 700-mile journey by foot. Or it simply could be that God's plan for Daniel is to remain in Babylon. In any case... He feels powerless because of everything that is happening politically, economically, spiritually, and it's not in his control. He can't do anything about it. It's out of his hands. It's all in God's hands. The one thing he gets to decide, though, is what his character will be and how he responds. Now, his God-given name from his believing parents is Daniel, which means God is my judge meaning I live under God's judgment. No one else matters, he would say. It's ultimately about who he thinks and says I am. I want to do what he tells me to do. He gets relocated as a teenager to Babylon, given a new name, Belshazzar, which means Baal or a demon god is now in charge. So every day, Daniel has to wake up and decide, am I going to be Daniel today or am I going to be Belteshazzar? Am I going to live by faith or by fear? Am I going to act in a way that God tells me or am I going to react in the way that everyone else is? And you know, you and I have that same decision daily. Daily. That ultimately, circumstances of our lives may change, maybe not for the better, but character cannot, especially in moments of crisis. So here's what we read next. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. Now, we're going to see this is a divine being, perhaps an angel. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them. Somehow they felt something. They fled and hid themselves. So I was alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. He's so overcome with dread as he's mourning the situation that he and his people are in. Then I heard him speaking. As I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. Do you see what's happening? Here's Daniel, a human being, and then joining him are divine beings. This quite possibly is Gabriel. We don't know because we're not told. He's not named. But throughout the Bible, this kind of visitation and help from divine beings is mentioned often. And here's what we're seeing. When we are in a war, when some sort of attack is against you, It could be physical, it could be medical, it could be spiritual. There's war against your marriage, there's war against your family, whatever it is, when we are in a war, God's entire family is in the war, meaning that the angels and the divine beings are in the fight with us. You need to know that. You need to know that there are realities beyond the realities of what we see in the physical realm. There are realities that only God sees, that what is playing out physically is also playing out spiritually. Daniel is suffering in the physical realm. God's people are fearful in the physical realm. Daniel gets a revelation. It's like the curtain is lifted. And he sees that the divine beings are in the fight with the human beings. And I want to encourage you that God is at work. Now, what happens here for Daniel as he's experiencing all of this anxiety, he hasn't lost faith in God. He hasn't lost hope for the future. He's just exhausted. Daniel 100% believes in the sovereignty of God. God's in control. 100% 100% believes in the kingdom of God, in the coming of the Messiah, in the eradication of sin, in the resurrection of the dead. That's all in the book of Daniel. But in the middle, in the midst of it, what he says is, I'm exhausted, I'm overwhelmed, I don't even know what to do. That doesn't mean he's ungodly. It doesn't mean that he doesn't believe God's in control. He has faith in God. He's trusting in God, even when he doesn't see it working out in the physical. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. So now he's gone from face down on the ground to at least his hands and knees He's just overwhelmed, right? Some of you have felt that way this week. Daniel's there. It's okay to be there. You're not ungodly if you're there. A guy in the Bible is honest enough to tell us that he feels this way. But that hand that touched him, that divine being, said, Daniel... You who are highly esteemed, other translations will say, you who are greatly loved. You're greatly loved, Daniel. He needed to hear this. Maybe you need to hear this so that he doesn't come to the conclusion, this is personal, God is attacking me, God hates me, God's turned his back on me, God's mind has changed about me. Just to remind him A divine being shows up and says, you are greatly loved. And this word that comes to Daniel is true for all of God's children. You may be going through a hard season. It doesn't mean that God is out to get you. There is hope for you. He goes on. So the divine being said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. So now he's gone from face on the ground to hands and knees to sort of standing. Then he continued, do not be afraid. Number one command in the Bible. That command appears more than any other command in all of Scripture. Fear not, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, he's been praying for three weeks at least, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Now, if you're looking at the timeline, this humble guy, Daniel, fasting, praying, crying out to God, week after week after week, and seemingly nothing. Maybe you felt like that. God, I love you, I trust you, I called out to you. Nothing's happening. Why God? You are real, right? Do you just not love, do you not care? Are you overwhelmed? No. There are things happening that you may not be seeing, but God's going to reveal. This is amazing. Hang on to this. He goes on to say, that is, the angel goes on to say this, but the prince of the Persian kingdom, now, this is not a human title. This is not prince as in son of a king. This is an evil force. The prince of the Persian king resisted me 21 days. Huh, that's three weeks, isn't it? Then Michael, one of the chief princes, the only two named angels in the entire Bible are Gabriel and Michael, and they both appear in the book of Daniel. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now, I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. We'll get back to the, the angel part of this in just a second, in the, in the three-week fight that he had. We'll get back to that. But some have asked, okay, are these now the days? I don't know. Daniel saw the future. We're obviously in the future, 2,500 years from Daniel's time. But are we in that future? I don't know. The point is that ultimately we need to prepare ourselves every day for death or the second coming of Jesus Christ because at some point he will either return or we will pass. And if we're not ready every day, we won't be ready for that day. He's looking into the future. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I feel very weak. You know, sometimes the more you know, the worse you feel. Sometimes the more news you get, the worse you feel. And our communication now is instant, constant, it's global. That means you get more bad news than any people in the history of the world. Daniel gets some bad news, and he's overwhelmed by it. It's okay. It's okay for grief to hit. It's okay for you to lament. It's okay for you not to be okay. But then run to God until he makes you okay. This is the story of Daniel. This is the hope for the remainder of this chapter. He goes on. How can I, your servant, talk with you, my Lord? My strength is gone. I can hardly breathe. Again, the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength. Do not be afraid. He repeats it you who are highly esteemed, you who are, is greatly loved. He repeats it. He said, peace, be strong now, be strong. Here are two things that come from God. You can't order them on Amazon. You can't purchase them at Costco. Peace and strength, or peace and courage, if you will. And when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Speak, my Lord, since you have given me strength. He has gone from face on the ground to hands and knees, standing trembling to now able to stand with strength. The question is, did external circumstances change for Daniel just because an angel appeared? No. Did Daniel change internally? Yes. Yes. How? Why? Because God has given supernatural strength and a peace that passes understanding to his children who bring their trouble and need and grief to him in a time of crisis. That's exactly what God wants to do to you. Isn't it awesome how absolutely timely the timeless word of God is? Here is a godly man. His church has been closed He gets a lot of bad news. He's isolated. He's not eating according to his normal routine. He feels completely overwhelmed and exhausted, lacks peace and courage, is filled with fear. But then he meets with God. And though those things don't change, he changes. God gives him peace in place of fear. God gives him courage in the face of his immobility to even speak, think or act. And now his strength is restored, his courage is full. And you know, God has the same for you. God wants the same for you. There is hope. And I can guarantee you that Daniel's circumstances were way more difficult, dark and desire and, and dire than any of ours. And he had been away from church for a very, very long time. But he was not away from God because God is an ever-present help in times of trouble. So the angel said, do you know why I've come to you? Soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come another evil force, But first, I will tell you what is written in the book of truth. No one supports me against them except Michael, your prince. This blew me away when I really considered what the angel tells Daniel. Here's what the angel said. Daniel, you humbled yourself. You prayed. Your prayer went right to God. He heard it, answered it, sent me here immediately to answer the prayer. But the problem is Daniel, I've been in a war for three weeks to get here. you probably never considered this. There is God, there is you, and sometimes there is a delay because the forces of evil are trying to get in the way. But ultimately, they are no match. People don't know this. People don't see this. And so what God does during the seasons of our crisis is that he opens our understanding to see things from his perspective so that we trust that he has not forsaken or abandoned us. Now, let me share some other thoughts with you related to Daniel and his situation. Number one, what got Daniel through his crisis will get you through your crisis. God was present with him. He is present with you. He will never leave you nor abandon you. That is a promise. Number two, Daniel was reminded that he was greatly loved and his suffering was not personal. God is not out to get you. Ultimately, God wants to strengthen you through the difficult time. And number three, a reminder to not be afraid. When you get bad news, when you're in the midst of a crisis, So much human response is fear. And the number one command in the Bible is fear not. Why would that be in the Bible so often? Because we need to be continually reminded. You're loved. It doesn't mean that everything will be okay out there. It just means that everything will be okay in here. Because he will bring a peace that passes understanding. And what was Daniel's whole goal? His whole goal was to see the children of God return to their homeland so they can worship God freely, so Jesus can come and cure the great global pandemic of sin that has infected us all. You see, we all have this unseen enemy, our sin nature, that ultimately comes to infect and kill every one of us. Our greatest problem is sin. Our greatest enemy is death. Our greatest hope is Jesus Christ. All of this happened, by the way. The temple got reopened, the worship of God continued. Jesus arrived there to fulfill all prophecy in the Bible. He lived without sin. He dies in our place for our sin. He is the cure for the global pandemic of sin and death. After he dies, he rose. He returned to heaven where he rules and reigns in an invisible kingdom. And he is coming again to make that invisible kingdom visible. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. Our hope is in the resurrection of our bodies to be like Jesus's where no sin and death remain. Fear is gone. Satan and his demons are defeated, destroyed, disarmed forever. Amen. If you've been with us through Daniel then you have seen repeatedly prophecy where God predicts the future and it comes to pass. That's because God is over history. God knows and rules the future. The future is not uncertain. It's not chaotic. It is controlled by God. Let's pray. Lord, it's amazing to think how you have orchestrated all of the future toward our good, especially the future from Daniel's standpoint, Daniel's perspective that included the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Because it's in him that we have hope that no matter what else is going on around us, Those things that we can't control, maybe there's some things that we can, but those things are out of our control. God, you're still there. You'll never leave us. You'll never turn your back on us. You'll never forget us. And sometimes in the delay of a response, we question. And sometimes when the answer is no we have a hard time realizing it's because you've got more in store for us. Lord, we don't wanna settle. We wanna keep moving into the future that you have planned for us, a future that's, that's got Jesus Christ victorious, winning it all, us being your children, serving, loving you first and foremost, and then the ability to serve and love one another. And Lord, help us to do that as individuals, as families, as a church family, that we can love and serve wherever we go. Whatever our workplace is, wherever our calling, whatever um, store we go to, a restaurant that we um, frequent, that we think about bringing you honor and glory through our actions, our words. And when we fail, and we will, to come again to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who brings complete forgiveness. And God, maybe there's someone right now in this room or listening online that has never fully stepped into saying yes to you. From the Bible, here's what we know. If we say with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that he was raised from the dead, we are saved. That's it. To simply come before you and say, God, I may not understand it all. I may not get it all. But I know enough right now. And I want to I know that you'll receive me. And you've died on that cross my place for my sins and Lord if somebody has has said that we know that there is rejoicing in heaven and there's an opportunity for them to share and if they want someone to pray with them and and help them with next steps that they would reach out to someone and reach out to us here Lord in all these ways we say thank you in the name of the one who taught us to pray saying our father who art in heaven Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. You can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, our website, bhprez.org, and subscribe to our YouTube channel to stay up to date on all our latest content.